Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, oh, I'm two minutes late tonight. I apologize. It's been one of those days, busy, busy, busy. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I just wish that I had like another 24 hours in my day. I think that would be awesome. Imagine everything you could get done. Um, so we have kind of like a whole laundry list of things to cover tonight. This is my little list here. Uh, I'm going to be, of course, always answering your guys' question. We're going to be talking about rider position because that's kind of the theme that um, the rest of May and into June. We're going to be talking about judging and showing. And we had an awesome judges webinar. And we're going to be talking a little bit about some of that I'm doing and some of the awesome transformations that I have seen in my students over the last couple of months. Um, hi, Linda. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to tonight. I love doing Thursday night sessions. I feel like it's kind of a, you know, check in with you guys, giving you guys updates on what's going on with us here at Amelia Newcomb Dressage what's going on with me behind the scenes. So hi, Jackie and Cindy and Linda. You guys are some of our biggest fans. So thank you so much for being here tonight. I wanted to start out, of course, with thanking our Patreon supporters. Um, Patreon is a platform where I post like kind of more behind the scenes stuff and people donate. It's like a tip jar, basically. If you enjoy the, the videos or the live sessions, check us out on Patreon. The link is below. It's patreon.com forward slash Amelia Newcomb Dressage. So our new members this week are Christina Ellenberg, Beth Nicholson, Allison Studdard, and F. Mendoza. So I really appreciate all of you guys on Patreon. And I always answer your questions first. So one of the questions from our Patreon member is from Barbara, and she says, Luigi is the cutest. Can you discuss how you chose to buy him and his breeding? So if you guys don't know, I have actually three horses. Luigi is my newest baby, and he is pretty cute. He's like a very different type than Harvey and Kensington. So he's a little bit smaller, more compact. And he's a dark bay. He's not a chestnut like my other two twins. Um, Luigi is Dutch bred. He is by a stallion named Governor. And the mother line is Florencio. And the reason that I bought Luigi, this is kind of a funny story, is because he has like three really good gates. He's really pretty. He's very compact. And when I rode him in Europe, he was like really like mellow and chill and like really good boy. So I thought, oh, well, I'll buy Luigi. And then if he doesn't work out for me, I can always sell him as an amateur horse because he's just like simple and beautiful and cute and easy. Um, and so I got him here and he was a little spicy when he first came, but we're getting that handled. Um, and he's super fun to ride. He has like three really, really good gates. I did the six-year-old test with him 
at this past weekend. And I was really, really proud of him. It was the first time that we did flying changes in the show arena, which is always like the first time that you ask for the flying changes in the show arena. It's like a 50, 50 shot of like, okay, it's going to work or it's not going to work. And he was super, he exceeded my expectations. As far as that goes, he did his flying changes and he's a really cool horse. I think he, you know, like give him a year or so, he's going to be like really, really fantastic. He has like this really fancy extended trot um, in him. So, so yeah, that's my next up and coming one. And I really love getting the young horses and putting the time in and training them up the levels. That's like my passion. So it's always an honor to have like a talented young horse. It's an honor and an obligation when you have a talented young horse to really do right by them and bring them up the level. So that's a plan with Luigi. Um, let's see. Another question from Patreon is um, what shows am I going to? What show series can you find me? So basically I'm doing mostly the shows in California um, there's quite a few shows here this spring, which is awesome. And I'm hoping to qualify to go to Chicago in August. So that's kind of my general plan. Um, hopefully Harvey will be doing the developing Grand Prix. It's always funny. I, I'm a little shy about like sharing my goals <laughs> publicly because I feel like, and I, I don't know, maybe you guys can relate to this, but it's so hard with horses and like, I've had my heart broken so many times where I'm like, I'm going to get to the championships and then your horse goes lame or like, you're just not good enough and you don't make the cutoff or something happens. And so that's why, like, I'm always a little bit leery about like sharing my plans or like sharing what horses I'm going to, because I'm always like afraid that it's not going to go well. So I don't know if any of you guys feel that way, but there you have it. Um, Okay, the next announcement is that on June 5th, Sunday, June 5th, I'm going to be doing a webinar on rider position. So mark your calendar, Sunday, June 5th, rider position webinar. And I have some really fun stuff to share with you guys. I think rider position is like seriously one of the most important parts of your riding. And it's interesting, like I do a lot of live Zoom sessions with my students. And a lot of times that's what we go back to is when they're having a problem with their horse is looking at their position and changing their position will fix that issue with their horse. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've been coming up with kind of a training scale. You know how there's the dressage training scale, right? Which is like rhythm, suppleness, connection, up to collection. So I'm coming up with one of those for rider position. I'm going to be sharing that on the webinar. And another really important thing that I'm so passionate about your rider position is your overall fitness and health. And I know that many of you guys are older, um, which is awesome. And that's one thing that's so cool about dressage is that like I have students that are in their seventies and I have one lady, I was talking to her today and she is so straight and she sits so well and, you know, she exercises and she works out and she takes care of her body and it allows her to continue riding and being healthy and just having like a really great quality of life 
later on. So um, I'm a big believer in working out to ride better. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys kind of some of my tips and strategies for what I do. So mark your calendars for June 5th. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is um, last night, I did a webinar with, um, I have a, an employee, a new team member. Her name is Nicole. She's also a licensed judge. And so we did a webinar together and it was like from the judge's view. And it was super interesting to hear her talk as a licensed judge about how they're trained and what it's like to really sit in the judge's booth and try to, you know, judge these people. And so after her presentation, what we did is we looked at a second level test, an amateur rider, a second level test. We went through movement by movement. It was kind of fun because everyone that was watching, I was like, okay, type in, you know, what do you give the halt? You type in your score and your, um, your comment. And like Nicole was like pretty hard on the lady. Like she was giving her, you know, a lot of like 5.5s and, and Nicole said that when you're judging, so when someone's judging you, they are judging you. It doesn't matter like if you're an amateur or a Stefan Peters, like a six is a six, an eight is an eight. I don't think I would be a good judge because I think that like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, but it's an amateur rider and she's like doing so good and she got her counter canner and we should give her a seven. And so I think it's important to remember that, that um, when you're showing, it's really important that you understand where the judge is coming from and how they come up with their scores and not to be disappointed by getting like a 60%. I remember when I first started riding and like, I was always like 58, 59. And when I would get that 60%, I was just so excited and so happy. And part of that is the reason that scores sometimes are low is because the judge is, you know, a six is a six, whether you're a professional or an amateur and, and that scale doesn't change. And I think that that's a hard part of dressage, like one person in the chat was like, I'm never going to show. I'm afraid of showing. Um, but it's important just to rationalize your score and not to get like overly upset about getting a low score, but just try for the next time to make it better. And also realize that the, the judge's job is to tell you what's wrong, basically. Like that's their job is to tell you what's wrong. And we are such a culture of, um, you know, like we don't take criticism well. Like I think that we're kind of brought up that way that everything should be like positive and nice and you should never be critical. So it's important sometimes just to realize that like it's okay for someone to tell you what's wrong or what you need to make better. It's not like you're a failure or you're a horrible person. It's just like, okay, I, I need to make that better. So anyways, that was, um, yeah, Jackie said she was amazing and very informative. So that was just a super um, webinar that we did last night. And Jenny says, scribing is so valuable because you see so many riders and are with a judge. Absolutely. So 
we always need scribes at the shows. And um, it's such a great thing to do because you get to sit there with a judge. You get to see the horses. You get to understand a little bit about the scoring. You get to see how hard it really is to sit there and like, you know, come up with scores and follow the rules. And yeah, it's hard. So that was super fun. The other thing I wanted to mention is so for we're just wrapping up the dressage training scale master course. I do that twice a year. And this time we had like what we called premium support, where we had bi-weekly um, groups with these students. And I had a group of, I think it was about 30 people. And some of these people have sent me two videos a week for eight weeks. Like the, you guys have been working so incredibly hard, taking videos, working through the exercises, sending me the videos, asking questions. And I had one particular student um, with a gray mare, maybe she's watching, um, but it's been so cool to see the transformation in these students and in these horses. And that when you follow a system and when you are consistent and when you practice the exercises, the difference that you start to see in your horse is like amazing. So it really warms my heart to hear from you guys and to hear about your progress and, you know, when things start to fit together and really when you start to get some good education it makes just such a big difference in your horse. So um, that's been really, really fun to see. And um, what else? Oh yeah, be sure to invite your friends to Amelia's Dressage Club because we need we need more friends here in Amelia's Dressage Club. So basically there's a little button that says invite with a plus sign. You just click into that and invite your riding friends to join. So let's get started with the questions. Um, any of you guys that are here live, feel free to type your questions in the chat. So here's a question from Kareen. How much weight do you put in your outside stirrup on a 20 meter circle? Okay, that's a good question. So in general, when you're sitting in the saddle, about 80% of your weight should be in your seat and 20% of your weight should be in your stirrup. So basically, the weight of your upper body should go into your seat bones. The weight of your legs should go into your stirrups. When you're riding a 20-meter circle, you should have slightly more weight in your inside stirrup because you always want to be sitting a little to the inside so that you're sitting over your horse's center of gravity. So I would say that maybe you have like, I don't know, 5% more weight on your inside stirrup. Your outside leg is slightly behind the girth. Um, you should still have some weight in your outside stirrup, but you should have more weight in your inside leg than in your outside leg on a 20 meter circle. Okay. Um, Let's see, Susan, what needs to happen to your seat before confidence button in the canter? I'm not sure exactly what she means by that, but I think what she's asking about is I did a video about the confidence button, which is basically like if you think about whenever you get nervous, all of us tend to tip forward, right? Like that's just human nature. I think there's actually some kind of a 
chemical reaction from your brain that like causes your psoas muscle to tighten and you like crunch forward and curl up into fetal position when you get nervous, which is a very, very bad thing to do when you're riding. So the confidence button is this idea that instead of curling forward, there's a button kind of like at the top of your of your bum there and that you're going to put that button into the saddle. So it's always like I've been reading a lot about habits and how to break habits and it's kind of our habit that we lean forward when we get tense. So in order to break a habit, you have to replace the habit with a different habit. So the confidence button is about that. The confidence button is about you know, gluing your bum into the saddle, whether that's when you pick up a canter transition or when you feel your horse tense up, like they're going to spook, is that you have to have that picture in your mind of getting your confidence button. Okay. Um, Cheryl, how do you fix the bad habit of slightly collapsing in the sternum? So I think that, I don't know if she means side to side or to the front. Um, one thing, if you collapse to one side or the other that I've found really helps, like sometimes I collapse on my right side. I think most riders collapse on their right side is to actually, when you're riding, just put your reins in one hand and lift that arm above your head. What you'll feel when you do this, like you can even do it while you're sitting here, when you lift your arm above your head, you should also feel that seat bone on the same side go more down. And so that can really help for you to lengthen your sternum on the side. As far as like hunching forward, which again, I think we all have a tendency to do that because when I'm sitting at my computer, or when I'm driving or anything we do puts us in this hunched forward position so I do a lot of stretching, you know, like the um, on a foam roller. The other thing I do is when I'm in the saddle, I'll kind of reach around and grab the back of my saddle and then turn my body the opposite way. So like you can just reach, grab the back of your saddle and then turn and look the other way and you'll feel like a nice stretch in the front of your chest. So hopefully that helps. Next question is from Nicole. How can I get a completely dead to the leg horse more reactive? Um, so this is this is a, a good question. And I, I think that oftentimes what happens with horses, like when you get a young horse or when you have a horse that's like a wild horse, like you catch a horse, a wild Mustang, they are incredibly sensitive because they're prey animals and they're afraid. And what we do to horses is that we take that instinct away and we tame them. And because we don't want to get hurt, like you don't want to fall off, you don't want to get run off with. And so inadvertently, we end up making our horses dull and making our horses unreactive. And then you have to go through the process of reactivating them and making them more active. And a lot of that comes from how you use your aids. So it's really important when you use your aids on a horse that you always start with the lightest aid possible. So you always start with about a one. So if you're walking and you want your horse to trot, a one aid is you close your calf. 
and then you give it about one Mississippi. If the horse doesn't listen to the one aid, then you have to go to like an eight where you like kick your horse and make them gallop to the other side of the arena. So that there is a big consequence for them not listening to that nice, soft request that you gave. Then it's really important that you repeat that a few times. So like you gallop to the other side of the arena, bring your horse back to a walk again. You close your calf, one Mississippi gallop. A lot of times um, what happens, oh, Tiffany says she's riding. <laughs> okay, well, be careful, Tiffany. <laughs> Don't get fucked up when you, um, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like, if you kick your horse and give your horse like a big old smack on the bum, you have to be prepared to ride what's on the other side of that. Like I used to work with a cowboy guy and he said that all the time. It's like, great, you can, you know, you can kick your horse, you can whip your horse, but if they take off bucking, you better sit there and be able to ride it. Because if you stop them, then you've just told them not to do that. So a lot of times what happens is that instead of going from like one to eight back to one, is that we do like, it's called like the boiling frog. So we do like, first we squeeze, then we close our heels, then we kick, then we cluck, you know, then we kiss then we kick again. So we're just like basically nagging our horse. The reason they call this the boiled frog is because if you put, this is a myth, I don't know if it's true or not, but they said that if you put a frog in room temperature water and you gradually warm up the water until it's boiling, the frog will just stay in the water until it dies. But if you have boiling water and you drop the frog into the boiling water, the frog will jump back out. So basically, we make our horses into boiled frogs because we just kill them with these like slowly increasing aids that they don't hear. And the other thing that I was reading that book, Horse Brain, Human Brain, and it was talking about if you have your leg on your horse all the time, the neurons on your horse's side shut off. Because if you think about your saddle or your girth, that pressure is there all the time. And your horse just simply starts to completely ignore it. So if your leg is there all the time, your horse is just going to think, oh, that's just part of the saddle. I should ignore it. So it's really important that you give an aid and then release and then give an aid and then release. Like, it's super important. So um, hopefully that helps you, Nicole, with your dead to the leg horse. Um, what other questions? Lucy has a question about wobbly lower legs and how can you fix it? Um, let's see, Lucy. Yeah, I tend to have a little bit of a wobbly lower leg. I think it's harder when you're taller and I think it's holler, harder, especially if you have like a smaller horse, like the, the Grand Prix horse that I have, Natasha, she's like really small. And so it's hard for me to kind of like um, find my leg on her. So I think that the, the most important thing when you're riding is that you should have some tone like in your upper leg and your knee should be in contact with the saddle. And then it's important that you're not nagging your horse so that like you don't feel like you're wiggling your legs all the time in order to keep your horse going. 
So I guess that's my biggest tip, Lucy, is get make sure your horse is really in front of the leg um, and that you're not feeling like you have to wiggle your legs around to keep your horse going forward. And then the other thing to consider is that when you're riding, your ankle should be moving a little bit because your ankles are shock absorbers. And so like if you're sitting the trot, for example, or posting the trot, there is some motion in your ankles. Like I was watching at the show last weekend, Stefan Peters was there and um, he has like one of the most amazing seats, I think. But definitely there was a little bit of motion in his ankles and in his lower legs because you don't want to be gripping with your legs all the time or that's going to cause your horse not to listen to your legs. So yeah, there's kind of a balance there. Um, let's see what other questions here on YouTube. We have a question from Eliza. I'm wondering if you have any tips for horse falling out. So um, I think what she's referring to is when you're going on a circle and the horse is kind of drifting to the outside. One of the best things that you can do if this is happening is to think about rather than riding a circle, think about riding a diamond. I think I filmed a video on this. I haven't posted it on YouTube yet. So that's going to be a new good video coming out soon. But a lot of times what happens is when you're trying to make a circle, like you're constantly like turning, 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 and you can't really get your horse to turn. And it feels like they're constantly falling out. And you never have a clear moment of like turn, release, turn, release. So sometimes what can be really helpful is if you think about actually doing a diamond shape, so that rather than riding a circle, you're going to think about turn and go to the center line, turn and go back to the rail, turn and go to the center line, turn and go back to the rail. And then that's going to help to kind of like get your horse the idea of turn, respect my outside aids, release, turn, respect my outside aids, release. And then once you have that, then you can make your like your diamond into more of like a pentagon or a hexagon so that it's not so obvious um, that you're not like riding um, a perfect circle. So uh, Melinda, how many horses do you typically ride in a day and what, how much do you do to supplement your own fitness and training? I would say I probably ride about eight, maybe 10 horses. I would say eight. I used to ride a lot more horses. When I graduated from high school, I went and worked for this woman, Mindy Bowers, and I rode 16 horses a day. Like it was the best year of my life by far. I learned so much. Now I have all these other obligations like you guys and um, all the courses and everything that I do, which is awesome. But yeah, I'd say about eight horses and I do try to exercise. I'm going to go work out right when we um, click off of this. I'm interested. You guys let me know in the chat if you exercise and what you do to stay fit. I am a big, big believer in um, exercising so that you can ride better. And I think that that is really important that when you get in the saddle, that you're very aware of your body, in control of your body. All of those things that we want from our horses, like suppleness and straightness, we have to have in our own bodies. And so I kind of have developed like a, 
a training program. I work with a physical therapist. Um, that's a combination of like a little bit of cardio, I think is always really good. Um, stretching, which I absolutely hate stretching, but it's super important that you are flexible. And then like some strength training. So let's see, Jackie does bar classes. I haven't ever done a bar class, but I've been I've been thinking about that. I need like I work out a lot alone, but I definitely want to like have some motivation. So I'm thinking about maybe joining a class. I was doing Pilates for a while and then we moved away and it was like too far to drive back to her. So I haven't been doing Pilates and I feel very bad. Amy, does mucking stalls count? <laughs> um yeah, I definitely think it does, but you want to be aware of like whatever chores you do, make sure that you do it symmetric. So like that you're not only shoveling in one direction, but like switch hands and shovel the other way, because anything you do that's asymmetric is going to make you crooked, which is going to affect your riding. So Susan does yoga. Um Debbie does a combination of the exercises from me and Stephanie. Yeah, so Stephanie is the physical therapist that I work with. She also has helped me put together the Rider Position Masterclass. So that's going to be coming up in June. And I'm really excited about that because we're going to be doing some like live workout sessions and exercises that are really, really specific to like, here's how to make your seat better. Here's how to make your legs stronger so that you can put your legs on. Um, Lori works out with Shelly. That's awesome, Lori. Um, Sarah, I do not have two toddlers. I can barely have time to ride. I commit to three rides a week and have to have family watch the kids. Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, I feel exactly the same way that I am like so busy. Um, but it's like 20 minutes. Like, seriously, if you have 20 minutes, like go for it. Just play some music, dance around your house. It makes such a difference. Yesterday, I had a webinar at five. I got home at like 4.15. I was like, okay, I have 20 minutes. I'm going to like do some stretching, do some squats. It boosts your energy and it makes you ride better. So I think that that's like super motivating to all of us is if it will make us ride better, we will make the time for it. So anyways, I'm going to go to the gym. Luckily at our house here, it's like walking distance. There's a little gym in the compound here, as my husband calls it. So I'm going to walk over to the gym and hopefully you guys are encouraged to work out, focus on your position, sign up for the rider position webinar, which is going to be Sunday, June 5th. And yeah, Levi says hi. He's back there in the background sleeping. <laughs> He's the best dog. Levi, say hi. Levi. Hi, say hi to everyone. <laughs> okay, bye you guys. I hope you have a wonderful evening. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.